I think if you look at retail banking today, a lot of the incumbents have actually made significant leaps to digitize, right? And your consumer user experience is actually relatively up to date. But on the other hand, corporate banking is optimized for large organizations. These are companies with significant headcounts, corporate processes in place, and an entire finance department who is actually the end user of these financial systems by the incumbent banks. But for someone running a small business, the expectations are completely mismatched. How we see ourselves differentiating is that we, we realize that SMEs deal with about seven financial service providers on average, banks being one of them, but you have other areas that include payment gateways, invoice management, foreign transfers, accounting. And with Aspire, how we want to differentiate is that we provide the widest horizontal service that solves all these financial needs of SMEs. It's convenient, it's fast, it's easy, it's transparent, and it's all in one place. Hello and welcome to the Niam Podcast. My name is Tanya Bharadwaj and on today's show, we're talking to Singapore headquartered Aspire, a tech startup that serves small and medium businesses with convenient and inclusive financial services. But the question is, what sets Aspire apart in what is now an increasingly crowded neobank market? Well, we asked Aspire's co-founder, Joel Leong, just that and a whole lot more. Hey, Joel, thanks so much for taking the time out. Uh, it's been a pleasure really to connect with you. Um, I thought we could start from the top. You've been a multiple-time entrepreneur who's currently on a mission to drive financial inclusion by reinventing digital banking for modern-day small businesses. Let's start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up doing what you're doing. Hey, Tanya, great chatting with you. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, pleasure to share my journey. Um, so let's let's start from the beginning. Um, I've run multiple businesses, uh, and the first one that I started was actually in the e-commerce space. Um, we ran several marketplaces, uh, and then we slowly transitioned towards crowdfunding, and then I dabbled in payments and eventually financial services, where we have aspired today. Um, and I was actually reflecting a bit on my journey, and I realized that actually through each of these businesses, there was a common thread of empowering business owners through digitization and internationalization. And the gradual shift towards payments and financial services occurred actually from a personal experience. Uh, as a business owner, having run multiple different types of businesses in different industries, um, there was a common thread and frustration of dealing with the financial service offerings that were available to me as a business owner at the time. Uh, one of the examples I, I can think of was the example of doing a cross-border transfer. Uh, I still remember the first time I did it, uh, I, I couldn't believe that the transfer weight was significantly different from what I saw on Google. Um, I still remember that quite vividly. right? But I think the point here is that um, I, I soon realized that business owners were not getting the best products and services because there was a gap in the way the traditional financial systems are designed and incentivized. So mm -hmm. you have retail customers on one end and large corporates on the other, but you actually have this group of SMEs in the middle and you know we, we, we tend to look at them and, and call them the underserved middle, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think the more we you know work in this space, the more we talk to business owners, we, we started to realize uh, that this was a, a growing problem, right? And on top of that, you have 
Southeast Asia, which represents a huge unbanked opportunity in the SME space. And yeah, I thought it was a meaningful opportunity to pursue. And here we are with Aspire. Mm -hmm. Super. Let's talk about Aspire then. Um, You know, you talked about some of the sort of problems that you're looking to solve. Um, There has been an explosion of neobank activity in general, especially in the small business segment. And like you said, perhaps it's because incumbent banks have struggled to find, you know, that optimal balance between serving small businesses and really providing them the customer experience that they are looking for and even deserve. What are some of the unmet demands specifically that Aspire has identified and how are you folks solving for them? Yeah, you know, Tanya, I, I think as we go deeper into our journey of serving SMEs and talk to more business owners, like I said, we have indeed found that to, to be true. So mm-hmm. I think if you look at retail banking today, a lot of the incumbents have actually made significant leaps to digitize, right? And your consumer user experience is actually relatively up to date. But on the other hand, uh, corporate banking is optimized for large organizations. Uh, these are companies with significant headcounts, corporate processes in place, and an entire finance department who is actually the end user of these financial systems by the incumbent banks. But for someone running a small business, the expectations are completely mismatched. Right? You have, uh, let's say, one business owner who's the end user with maybe four or five employees in total, right? Mm -hmm. So let me put this into some concrete examples, right? Uh, So one one example is perhaps account opening, right? So in order to open an account uh, for a business, you still actually have to be physically present at a branch. You have to provide documents uh, like your MNAA and you have to fill in a huge number of forms before you can actually open that account. Uh, mm-hmm. And then maybe if you have to add an additional director or a finance manager, you actually have to provide the right specimen signatures, uh, the right number of signatures, right? I remember figuring, trying to figure that out myself uh, just to mm-hmm. add another user. So that, that's, that's an, one example. Um, another example that I'm sure that many uh, business owners might be familiar with is maybe spending hours on end uh, on, on, on the support lines, right? Waiting for someone to answer only, only to find out that the person cannot actually resolve your issue and it needs to be escalated and so on. Right. Support is definitely another angle. Um, I actually have two more examples. Um, fees are actually a, a, a big pain point. I think the way that the incumbents have been designed, um, unfortunately, there, there's been a culture of a lot of hidden fees, um, fees that are not upfront, for example, you have uh, fall below fees, right? Mm-hmm. Where um, if your if your bank account on a specific day in the month, let's say the thirty first of the month, your balance falls below ten thousand um, dollars, you get charged a significant fee just because of that, right? And and for business owners, that's a huge pain point because at the end of the month, you you you're responsible for paying salaries. Uh, cash flow remains the number one problem for small businesses. And and that's just providing uh that's just giving additional headache uh right. to a business owner. Credit is another area that is extremely important for SMEs to grow, right? Um, especially in the backdrop of a booming economy in Southeast Asia. Uh mm-hmm. yet a lot of these small businesses do not have access to credit easily. They're usually very long application forms to fill in, 
um, very hard rejection rules uh, that the banks have, uh, where, for example, if you have not had three years in operations, you automatically get rejected. Um, and it takes a couple of weeks before they actually tell you that, right? Um, right? For us, I think where we differentiate is that we actually really know the user. So we can actually say yes in, in many places where incumbents are unable to. Okay. Um, I'm just going to go back to a point that you made about the booming opportunity in Southeast Asia. And I think that's an opportunity that's been recognized by a number of players like yourselves. Uh, you know, if I was to ask you, what do you think sets Aspire's offerings apart? Uh, you know, how would you answer that? Yeah, so I, I think there's been a lot of activity in, you know, the digital banking space uh, or even financial services to SMEs, uh, especially in Southeast Asia uh, as a growing market. But I, I think what we, how, how we see ourselves differentiating is that we, we realize that SMEs deal with about seven financial service providers on average, right? Uh, banks being one of them, but you have other areas that include uh, payment gateways, invoice management, foreign transfers, accounting, and, and so on, right? Mm -hmm. um, with Aspire, how we want to differentiate is that we provide the widest horizontal service that solves the, all these financial needs of SMEs, right? So it's, it's convenient, it's fast, it's easy, it's transparent, and it's all in one place, right? Uh, we like to call it sort of the great rebundling, right? And uh, mm -hmm. we believe we're leading this charge. Okay. I want to talk a little bit more also about the approach uh, that, you know, Aspire has taken. I think we all know that thanks to banking as a service and the API economy today, you can pretty much spin up a bank in minutes and, uh, you know, get to market a lot faster. It's a, it's a strategy that, you know, you've deployed as well, the whole build sort of versus buy strategy. How would you say it's worked out for you folks? And uh, if you can also give us some insights, uh, you know, especially for those of our listeners uh, who might be listening and sort of looking out for some uh, actionable insights. Yeah, sure. I mean, definitely, you know, this working with banking as a service providers uh, like Noom, for example, has, okay. has been core to our strategy with the, the idea being that we want to provide that breadth of services uh, to our users, right? Which is not an easy thing for a startup to do with limited resources and so on, right? right. Um, yet at the same time, by providing that breadth and working with you know, great partners like Noom and, and other partners in the ecosystem, uh, we've created a product that has made users very sticky and, and given them many reasons to come back and, and continue to engage with us, right? So overall, we, we're very happy with how it has turned out. Uh, we continue to work very closely with our partners like Noom. On a more meta level, you know, we believe that it actually builds the local ecosystem as well, right? The local fintech ecosystem as we grow together in, in this booming market. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, let's talk about the pandemic. Um, and, you know, of course, we are seeing most economies sort of limping back now to normalcy. But the fact is uh, that, you know, COVID was something that stopped many industries in their tracks, but also accelerated the need for others. What was the sort of impact felt at Aspire and any learnings along the way that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I think, you know, in terms of the pandemic, um, we've been very fortunate in, in, in that regard. 
I think the pandemic has really accelerated digital adoption amongst the many, right? And basically, we're, we're seeing a moment of sort of what we call crossing the chasm, where the mainstream population is, you know, more open and beginning to adopt digital solutions. Uh, and I, I think in general, it's it's been a huge educational push. And, you know, it's something that organizations have been trying for years to do. Uh, but, you know, now in a couple of months, we, we've seen a, a huge population come online. Um, I guess for us, you know, we're, we're on the fortunate side of things. We, we've seen a significant adoption of, of our business accounts uh, with business owners searching for, you know, easier, better, faster ways to manage their finances. We've also seen a lot of new opportunities during this time, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of new businesses are getting off the ground and there's a need to support their, their business with, with the infrastructure that we have. Um, and of course, there are still businesses that, are fundamentally sound but are struggling during this time and for that we're happy to help extend credit in areas you know where traditional institutions might normally shy away from uh, mm-hmm. but with us uh, like like I shared earlier you know uh, because we we are able to to, to get more data points and, and really understand the customer we're we're able to help support them during this time and I, I think that's that's a silver lining that's come out from this mm-hmm. Great. That's great to hear. Yeah. I mean, you're right about the the digital acceleration because pretty much every industry leader that I speak to talks about how we've almost fast forwarded 10 years, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, You know, we have a lot of sort of fintech enthusiasts and young entrepreneurs who listen to our show. uh, So it will be valuable for them if you could, you know, give us some advice and advice, especially for entrepreneurs who are building their business ground up, and as they go along their journey, how should they measure their success? What metrics should they be holding themselves to? Advice, okay. Um, let me see. I think I can think of maybe two pieces of advice uh, that maybe comes from the last 10 months where, you know, the, the only thing that has held true is that change is really the only constant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the, the first one is, maybe to be forward-looking, right? Um, I, I think the world has shifted significantly. As I've shared, I, I think there, there are a lot of opportunities that have come up during this time. Uh, and if you were starting a business today, I would challenge you to solve a problem for the next 10 years, right? Rather than for something today or in the past. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the second advice is maybe to keep challenging your assumptions, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think that will naturally navigate you towards what needs to be done, what problems need to be solved. Um, do not get comfortable. Right. Um, I, I think and in terms of metrics, you know, I, I think fundamentally metrics do not change, right? Uh, what business owners or let's say entrepreneurs need to be aware of is, is, is they need to be very clear on what they're trying to achieve with the business, what stage their business is in, and then plan their metrics around that goal. Okay. Um, this is a question that I ask, uh, you know, every guest on the show, and it's it's really the finisher. And that is about if you could, you know, look into that crystal ball and tell us what you think uh, the bank of the future will look like. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I knew. <laughs> Sure, I'll, I'll give an educated guess. Um, I, I think uh, maybe there are three things. Um, I, I think 
One is that banks of the future will be transparent, right? I think there's there's a lot of activity around open banking. Um, there, there's a move towards transparency. I think you know gone are the days of of hidden fees, um, and and I'm excited to look forward to a world where uh, organizations try to compete in terms of differentiating their products, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that leads to a world where end users will win. Um, I think the, the second possibility is uh, that banking will become embedded, right? So I think this idea of going beyond banking uh, and being very embedded within aspects of uh, your users' lives or, or, or their own journeys, uh, I think you already see this in retail banks, right? Where mm-hmm. a lot of apps, uh, a lot of consumer-facing banks have taken a, a very lifestyle-integrated approach. Um, I think for businesses, this could potentially extend into uh, operational or administrative processes, right? For example, invoices, expense and payroll management, mm-hmm. platform integrations with e-commerce, and so on. I think that uh, there's a lot of room for innovation here. Um, and lastly, I, I think the, the bank of the future will be hyper-personalized, right? I think data is the new currency. Um, and I think the opportunity is really to present financial products tailored to every user at an individual level. Um, I think this would just unlock opportunities that were previously not available. Great. Thank you, Joel, for taking the time out and really sharing your insights with us and talking to us about Aspire's journey. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, Tanya. It was a pleasure.